Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Buenos dichos, mijo. Buenos dichos. I learned learned with a uh, former mother-in-law that when she did that, I didn't make any responses at all. Oh, you're like, don't move and pretend like she's not watching. No, just... I had no earthly clue what she was saying to me. Then. I don't know what Tichos means either. I still either. don't have any idea what you're what, saying. Now. What what just happened? I well, we, we started, started the show. In, he started I mean, in Spanish. <laughs> we started the show. I mean, I saw it, but I, I don't really understand. Well, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> I don't think I understand either. It's on Zach. What does Buenos Nachos mean? Buenos Nachos. Yeah. Oh, turn my mic up a little bit, cause I, Mark sounds a lot different than. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There, there we, we go. go. There we go. We're we're in business now. There's your secular music for the day. There's your uh, secular music for the day, Larry. I can't believe you thought that that was strange of me asking that at SB yesterday. Oh my God, dude. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I knew how this to fire guy, that one up. This guy needs a leech. <laughs> a leash, by the way. Dude, this guy, he's he is literally the Peter of our generation. Seriously. Right. Check right. this out. So we have a meeting for my roofing company. Larry's Larry's starting to canvas a little bit for our roofing company, right? So he comes, we, we, we have a meeting, and I said, hey, I'm going to take you guys out for lunch, right? Larry's like, I'll go, but I ain't eating. I don't eat lunch. And that's how he sounds, I, too. Dude, working with him. It's terrible. So I'm it? out, yeah, we're out in 100-degree weather, and we're working, we're working. It's like noon. It's like 1 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock. The guy's just like a camel, just I driving know. it. And I'm like, uh, hey, man, are we going to grab a burger or something? He's like, I don't normally eat lunch. I mean, if you need to get something, I can stop for yeah. a minute. And, I, <laughs> and, and, you know, the man pride says no. Yeah, I Dude, can, if you can do you. it. I can do it. I didn't. Or he had did you not like use some... that condescending tone. Well, it sounded like it in my head. <laughs> or he pulls he pulls out a bag of peanuts that he's had in yeah, his pocket so, since no, 1980. Pretzels, pretzel, pretzel yeah. sticks. How are you supposed? Yeah. You're I got there... some. I got some Werther's Originals that I've had in here since the 80s. You're, right, you're out there running with a mower, and then and then the man wants to feed you pretzels. He's he's a machine. Dude, he is a machine. Yeah, I, I've known another guy that worked but, like that. But check this out. So we go to S&B Burger Joint, which I remind you is a chain restaurant that has probably yeah. standard operating procedures of how they do things, right? And we go in there, and the first thing he does when he sits down, he, he goes, hey, waitress, come here. You know, does his little fingers. I in. didn't know I didn't. He, <laughs> was, then, he walked up to the table. And then he goes, hey, can you turn this crap off and put on some Christian music? <laughs> I was like, Larry, you can't do that, bud. Hey, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, you got to stop thinking. Read the room. I mean, right. you know. No, that's exactly what you didn't do, No, Larry. I did read the room. I looked around first, okay? I, I looked around, and all the TVs except two were on whatever was playing, a, a musical, what do they call it? You used to MTV, call it MTV, yeah. okay? VH1, whatever. Yeah, the videos for the, for the we're old. songs. All right. I'm like... Seriously, I look around, and it the age group of everybody in there is between me and him, basically. Okay, and they're all white Anglo-Saxon males, basically. Oh, here with, we go. With, with two women, 
okay, with, with, with two ladies over here, all right, right. sitting at the uh, counter up there was three, three white Anglo-Saxon males at one end, and, and the middle one was a little bit younger than the other two. So you tell me I didn't read the room? Give me a minute. Are you still sure about this guy? <laughs> this is the guy? Are you sure it's him? I didn't recognize the first one. Because we'll keep going with I, it if it is, but good I, Lord. I, I, I didn't, I did not, I, I did not know who the first one was, but the, uh, that it was Black Rap, you know, Black Rapper. Right. Okay. And then Ren DMC came on. Right. Okay. Well, at least I know who that is. Well, I, that's when you're focused But completely happening. secular music. It's too loud for us to have, actually, we were having a meeting. It was a little bit too loud for us to talk. So I said, could, could we change this over to Christian music? And he was like, no, uh, uh, we, we don't have any control over that. I said, well, you got control over the volume. Could you at least turn it down so we could talk? Yeah. You know, just. The Peter it. of our generation. And they all had a, like, they looked at me like <laughs> I just jumped up and slapped this 12-year-old waitress, man. I learned, I learned a long time ago that Larry, Larry operates a little differently in the world than what we do. So you just kind of let him do his thing and just put your hand in your okay. palm every now and then. And just, I got I to tell you this story. I work with somebody, and I'm gonna, this is totally anonymous, um, who is notorious for... <laughs> kind of funny people skills and, and we're in a hurricane and it's complete power outage, no running water, complete power outage hotels are without power. And we're all going around doing uh, collecting footage for the story and we're done. And we're like, man, it'd be nice to get some hot food. Cause we're all eating out of just stuff in the truck. And he was like, <laughs> he said, you know, who's always open. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let's next that. I better not tell that story. Please do. Okay. He said, you know, you know who's always open? Chinese. The Chinese are always open. They'll work through anything. And oh, I, I mean, that's true. Yeah. But it is true. They they they've got a different work ethic than us. Yeah. Okay. I don't want yeah. it. And anyway, he picks up the phone and calls this Chinese restaurant and they were open. They were open. <laughs> So I guess they were running off propane and a generator yeah. and they were cooking their stuff. And so we, sh but he says, I knew it. I knew, I knew you people would be open. Oh and, no. And on the line, I hear this Chinese woman screaming, you people. Yeah. What do you mean oh. by you he people? Deserve that. Are you some kind of, are you some kind of racist? And he's like, no, I'm not. He he, yeah, there's people like that that don't really understand how to navigate in the world, like Larry and your friend. Right, right. <laughs> or was that Larry? No, it wasn't Larry. Was but it what Larry? Was funny was we, we walked into the Chinese restaurant, and the first thing he said was, "Hey, I'm the guy you just got through talking to on the oh, phone." Oh no! And I'm like, great. You know, now all the food's gonna yeah. have spit in it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, dude. No, that. <laughs> Let me find out that story was Larry, dude. Was that you? No, I, no, I wouldn't have done that, no. Oh, you wouldn't have? Okay. No, I, I wouldn't have called Chinese. <laughs> oh, he was like, no, I, I wouldn't have told would him it was have, me. I, would, I understand that, but I would right. not have known that in that particular situation. Yeah. So, I mean, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there, really are, interesting. there are some of those guys that, that live for their work oh. that would have, you know, made Hur a made a charcoal hurricane, for the heat. Hurricane Ida, uh, complete power failure in New Orleans. It was dead. What and do you do in hotels, by the way, when you... You sweat. 
and you you know I run my generator and power, run power cord all the way in and use a fan. Your generator. I have a gas genius whisper. Do you quiet. run like I a take with me exhaust out the window or something? Yeah, or leave it or chain it up outside around something. Ah, uh, yeah. But anyway, we were in uh, Hurricane Ida. Uh, Ian, Ian or Ida? It was Ian. Ian. Anyway, the complete power failure of New Orleans. The whole town went down, and so there was no hot food. We're driving around getting getting shots and stuff and passed by this Thai restaurant, and it, it was them and their family. Like, they're six kids. They had the kids in the back, and they were all running probate, and they'd set up this line out on the front in front of their restaurant, and they were cooking up all their food before it went bad. Oh, great. I'd see, that's brilliant. That's smart. And yeah. just yeah. De- dealing in cash, and, you know, everybody else was shut down. Oh, no, it'd be weeks. Our refrigerators yeah. are all spoiled. These guys are out here. Yeah, good business people. It. Yeah, yeah, see, okay. I, I completely understand that. I'm going to transit. I told you guys before we got here that I was going to I was going to um, tell you guys, like, what where I'm at spiritually, and so I'm going to go ahead and transition that so we can get to our guests a little sooner. Um, but um, for those of you that be, have been watching, we got people, we got a bunch of people in the studio that you can't see today, but that have been watching kind of um, my journey. And we've been kind of quiet about it the last couple of weeks. But um, I want to talk about where I'm at spiritually and where um, God's brought me in a couple dreams and visions recently that I've had. Um, but for those of you that have been following us since the beginning. If not, you're going to have to go back and listen because I'm not going to describe this, but I had a vision. Um, I mean, I'm talking about like nine years ago, seven to nine years ago about um, the windows. And all of us remember the windows, the three windows. Do you remember this vision, the dream I'm talking about? No, I don't think I ever heard the dream. Okay, I'll tell the dream then real quick. Um, I had a dream. Uh, this is I'm talking like Keegan was five years old and she's 14 now. Let's let's do, I, I kind of base off how old she is usually. Um and in this dream was basically, I was, um, I was in this kitchen and I was carrying this old, I was like showing that there's a scared old man in the vision. And I was, I was in the vision. There's a scared old man in there. It's a dream. Sorry. Um, and he was scared of something and you could tell he was, he wasn't verbal, but he was going uh, uh, like he was scared of something. Well, I knew everything was, I somehow knew everything was okay. And I was trying to show him that everything's was okay, but I was taking him to these windows and I was jerking open the blinds to show him that everything was okay. There was three windows. And as I jerk open the blinds, there was bricks over the windows. on All three of them. I took them and I I'd opened the window. I say, see, everything's fine. And he was still like, oh. he was just very like, he was very scared about whatever was behind those windows. But I took him the second one, do the same thing. And um, each one had bricks over them. And I went, after I got to the third one, and I opened it. That one had bricks on it. We ended up like teleporting into a different room where we were watching a TV. Um, and I'm watching the old man watch TV. And he was very happy about what was going on the screen. But there was another man on the screen that was a very prominent man, like a man that seemed to be preaching or he was very well-spoken and that you could tell that that guy was in his purpose, that hit that guy was um, doing what he was called to do. And he was just so happy and very, um, very um, strong-willed, like very confident and strong-willed man, um, you know, almost like a Billy Graham type, of, but it wasn't Billy Graham, but like a um, very strong-willed man, you know. And all you could see was this man. I don't know if there's a bunch of people or whatever, but the old man there was very happy watching this man. He was, he was going, <gasps> he was very nonverbal, but he would make little noises and he was just very content for well, that guy. Was it Larry? 
No. <laughs> Larry's very strong-willed and confident. That could be. No, but so what God, God didn't reveal any of that dream to me until recently. And he told me that basically all three men in that dream are me. Um, all three men in that dream are me. Oh. And I get to choose which one essentially, and what the which path I choose depends on which one I get to be. Um, the one that me, I was just the guide, but then there's two different men. There's the scared old man that's scared of everything, probably still going to live his life, be just fine, but he's just going to be scared of everything. Or there's going to be the strong-willed man. There's going to be the man that's on the stage or whatever he's doing. He's strong-willed and he's very confident and he's very, you can tell that he's in his purpose and that he's very happy. And even the old man was looking at himself and what he could have been and was very uh, fond of what he was seeing. Um, the three windows represents challenges that I'm going to have to go through to get to that man. And the bricks over the windows is hiding what they are. Um, hiding, basically, the challenge is on the other side of the window, and the bricks is covering it up, essentially. Um, the, first, the first window, the challenge that I went through was that issue that I had that you knew about last year, the financial issue. Um, and we got through that one. I remember when God gave me a vision to let me know that I was on to window two. There was no break, none. We transferred to window one to window two instantly. And I understand how crazy this sounds, but it's clear to me now what's going on. But whenever I started to go through window two, God let me know. I had a, this was a, an awake vision. Um, I was praying to God. I was um, next to my dresser and praying where I always do now. Well, I still pray in my bathroom or next to my dresser. And I was praying, and I had a vision of a gable, um, uh, like a gable with a window on it, and it had a one with a circle around it, and then it had an arrow to the second gable, and it had a two with a circle around it. And it took me about a day wow. to figure that out, and I go, what was that? And I knew it meant something, because God always works like in threes and in numbers, and I know when God sends me something. And I was like, what was that? And I ran out to her. And I told her, I was like, we're on to window two. Because she knows. She's been there with me um, since the beginning. So um, anyway, um, about nine months ago, nine months ago, I saw, um, I saw another vision of my wife standing on a ladder. And she was taking the bricks down from window two. Um, and I saw that uh, dream. And I ran, I ran out to her and I told her, I said, window two has nothing to do with me. I know I'm the leader. But... Um, you're going to have to take the bricks off a window too. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Um, I told her that she's going to have to take the bricks off a window too. And this is like nine months ago. And I said, it has nothing to do with me. I can't, I can't do this. And I talk about going to deliverance and I went to deliverance and this got worse and worse and worse and worse after that. The deliverance delivered us from window one, but Gosh dang it didn't get rid of window two. It made it worse, man. Um, the attacks that I got spiritually are, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, man. What I've been going through and what I've been going through in this room, you guys have, you haven't seen what's going on in my brain. Um, I'd rather not be here than have to go through that. That was the worst thing I've ever been through. It changed who I was as a man, as a person. It made me doubt God. I felt like he had forsaken me. I felt like he had left me because I didn't know why. No matter what I had ever gone through, I always had him, and I didn't have him for a while. 
And it was because of choices I made. I made these choices and uh, that caused me to go there. But I never thought he would let me get there. I thought he he's always had my back, but it felt like he didn't during this time. But I had to go through it. And my wife, this whole time, I didn't know it, but she was um, putting cloths. She was putting um, anointing cloths. She was praying, and she was praying, and she never stopped. And uh, I want to let you know that you said something to me uh, in the show a couple weeks ago, Mark, that spurred it off, and I felt like it helped me gain the reins, but I had forgotten that we are in a war, a spiritual war, and that's been made clear, but I had been lulled to sleep by the enemy. And you said that to Sarah a couple weeks ago. You said it was a war, and I, and I pop. I don't. I mean, I remember physically moving and popping and going, oh, my God, like, we're in a war. And I had been offered some things from the enemy during this time. And I'll just say that. And it's weird because um, it wasn't even that great. I'll just say that. I was like, well, I mean, like, you could do better than that. But I had never verbally spoken that I didn't, I wasn't accepting that offer. And after you said that, the next couple of days, I woke up and before I hit my feet on the ground, I said, I choose God. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can offer me that I'm going to accept. I choose God. And I did that for two days in a row. And I felt God pluck that season off of me I felt him pluck it off of me and I feel like a new man Angela told me that she hated the guy that I was and that hurts me so bad because I didn't I I have no I've always been a pretty strong-willed man I've quit a lot of habits um, before and I've always been the one to pick myself up and roll and I've always had control over my own life and how I treat people but I did not have control of this. This um this took me by complete surprise, but I'm I made some choices to go into sin that caused these doors to open. I made those choices. I made those and God gave me every warning in the book. More warnings than I guarantee. Well, he does warn us. It says that in Job 33 that oh, he right. gives us all warnings, but these were like crazy warnings. This the spear of Phineas, or you know if you remember that. Yes. He literally told me he's here in a vision. Literally told me and gave me that warning. There's nothing. So I'm not sitting here playing the victim. Um, I could have avoided this, but I didn't. And now I just basically, I didn't waste nine months of my life. I feel like this was always an ordained, I had to go through this. I had to, to feel this. But I'm telling you guys, like, I wouldn't want to wish this on my worst enemy. But she could even tell I've been lifted too because, um, because I'm a different man now. I'm totally different. And thank God because that's, because um, that's crazy. And so, this has just been a really crazy last eight or nine months of my life. Um, okay, I, of course, this is what I signed up for by doing this ministry. I didn't really know I was, but this is what we're here for. But um, anybody that's listened to this show that um, has seen me going through these things, you, you're in a war. <laughs> whether you realize it or not, whether you're an atheist, you're an agnostic, you're a Satanist, you are in a spiritual war. And um, Satan's been doing the same thing from the very beginning and he did it to me and I was even on guard and on and I was being warned and I fell for it. I know it's hard to believe and it's hard to say that you could get fooled, but that's what's happening is 
and I saw I saw how close I could have came to that. And I've felt the feelings that you feel. And I know what you feel is real. And I understand that. And I've felt it. But you have to understand that you have to look at the possibility that you're being fooled. You have to look at that. And it is very possible that's what's happening. But um, so anyways, Here I think it, it was. Ephesians 6, 12. For we, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood. And enemies, but evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers of this dark world and against evil spirits and heavenly places. I've been fighting the last nine months. That's the one Bible verse I thought of is like, I've been fighting against this with my, like with the same weapons of my warfare that I, that I would use to quit like cigarettes or gum or or stuff like that. You know, I used those same weapons that I used to quit those because I had never been spiritually delivered from something and this was never going to go away um with weapons of the flesh never no this and was going to get worse part of our problem is we have a mindset of war that we know in the flesh and we think that's the same way there are and there are not. some things that you not. there's are some things that you have to battle with your flesh but you there are some things that you're that's spiritual without a doubt and this was one of those and like i said i wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy but um moving forward um after we get back from the break that I've already discussed, you're going to see a different ministry. You are going to see um, a more well put together and a more intentional ministry moving forward. And we, um, like I said in the beginning, I'm coming and I'm taking a bunch of people with me. So you think you're going to win? You haven't. You just, you just slowed me down a little bit. But you got to remember, Satan also thought when he killed Jesus that that he had conquered, but Jesus is the, is the one that conquered. He conquered life and death in the grave, and he came back out okay. And I'm not stopping. And if I'm still holding breath in my lungs, this ministry is moving forward. We are going into the enemy's camp, and we're pulling them out. And I don't care what we have to do. And as far as Window 3 goes, I told Larry this the other day. But um, I was scrolling through social media. I don't remember what it was, but I saw a window advertisement. This is like, I, this has been like a week or two that I've been out of this now, like a week that I've been out of this, done with window two. And like I said, there was no break in between window one and window two. And after window two, and I felt God lift me out of that, I said, I need a break. I need you to chill for a minute. I need a break. And that was tough. And I know window three is going to be hard. The way I understand window three is, is it's not going to be the same as this. It's going to be a choice I have to make. And he says, it's going to be the hardest choice I've ever had to make in my life. So I don't, and I have no clue what it is, but the way I understand window three is window three is going to be different. It's going to be a choice. It's not going to be like a trial. It's going to be a choice. But anyway, um, so I was scrolling through and I saw this advertisement for windows and there was three examples for windows and the one was crossed out and two and three were punched together where it looks like we were going to the three. And I go, no, 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 sir. Nope. Nope. We are not going to window three yet. No, no, no. And this was just like a couple days ago. I told Larry this, but, um, here's what's crazy is this morning. Um, shortly after that, I had a, I had a, like an apocalyptic dream. And I'll tell you everything spiritually that's happened to me since this deliverance thing. But I had this like apocalyptic style dream, right? And I had started to slip back into my old mentality the night before. I had started to slip back in my 
old mentality. I had this apocalyptic dream and I woke up and as the minute I woke up, I heard God say, we're moving forward. And I started to like, think about old stuff and he goes, I need you to, I need you to be done with that. We're moving forward. Like he was just saying like, it wasn't really stern or hateful or angry or mad or anything like that. He was just kind of let me know like, Hey, bud, Hey, like I brought you out of this. You can, you can still choose to go back there. And once you go back there, there's no coming back this time. Like you, you can go back there, but we're moving forward. I said, okay. I said, I'll move forward. Um, I was like, but I need to make, I need you to make a compromise with me. I said, I need you to give me something to go back with. I said, I can't go to the line here, go to the enemy's line and go over there and not have something to go back with. Give me something to go back with. And all I heard him say was, we're not doing that. I don't know what that means, but I'm just telling you my experience like I always have. I just heard him say, we're not doing that. And it it didn't sound like it meant like we're not going to be ministering to them, but that's not his plan is that's the way I took it is that we're not doing that. And then this morning I woke up and I was praying in the bathroom for a minute and I felt like I, um, I felt like I heard God say like, Hey, we need to go. We need to go. And I was just, let's go. Let's go. If you need me, let's go. Let's, you want to go to window three? Let's go. And so I fully submitted to God to go to window three. I don't want to, man. I don't, I'm not ready, but if he thinks I'm ready, I'll go. Cause I need a, I need a break, man. That, that stuff is hard. I gotta tell you, I think that, uh, my, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, that profoundly reflects many experiences of my life and my spiritual growth with God. Um, you know, the whole idea, God won't give me anything more than you. He can handle that's baloney. Oh God. It doesn't seem like a good, he, he yeah. breaks us yeah, and he go. reforms us. Mm-hmm. He breaks us and reforms us. So what you went through is a breaking. Okay. And there's always, if you look in the Bible, it talks about entering God's rest over and over again. Some of it's temporary. Some of it's talking about eternal, but after a breaking process, there's always rest. So he's not going to give you, you know, he broke you. He broke something inside you that needed to be broken. And I, I bet you're going to find that when he said that it was the hardest decision that you were ever going to make, he was talking to a different person than you are now. Right. That you had to go through one and two to be able to say three, no problem. That'd be cool if it was easy. That'd be really cool. That's what's happened in my experience. The pain comes because something is resisting. There's something in our heart that there's a character flaw that God has to, that has to get that's blocking us to a deeper relationship with him. Once that character flaw is broken down, then decisions are easy for us to make that we would have never even considered before we went through this process. So I don't think you have anything to be worried about in window three. I think that it's going to be easy for you. I hope so. I hope so. That'd be nice, but. Um, Ima- and- imagine this, if you will, a spiritual river. Okay, now you ever watch a leaf going down a river mm-hmm. with the current, right? And then sometimes it kind of gets caught up in a whirlpool sitting over here. All right? You were in a whirlpool. And now God's bumping you back out into the stream of the spiritual river. Yeah. And the way the way I understand this is 
the way I understand these three windows things, by the way, these are all going to be completely normal occurrences for the rest of my life because this is these windows is not the battle. This is training. Mm -hmm. This is training to put me. This is these three windows is just to get me to my purpose. That's it. And then in that purpose, in that purpose is these continual battles that I'm going to have to experience these three windows over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be continuous. And it's like, I've never, I, I told Angela, um, a couple days ago, um, I said, I want you to realize that I think, I think we need to, I think we need to throw it in the wash of the idea that our life's going to be easy. Um, that life's going to be easier, peaceful someday. Like, I think the only way we get peace, if we learn how to be peaceful in this, we've selected a life with generally, and I think everybody can agree, this is one of the most unique ministries in the world. And if you think we're not going to get some of the most unique spiritual battles in the world, you're probably wrong. We're literally going into, um, the enemy's camp and what we believe is Definitely. true. We're, we're going into his house and be like, we're kicking in the door and we're saying, Hey, we're going to come for your kids. But like the, tw- <laughs> hey, but like the 12 spies, I want to be a Joshua or a Caleb. Yeah. Okay. And, and pertaining to the age group, right? Pertaining to the age group, I would be the Caleb and you would be the Joshua in that on the 12 spies. Wouldn't right. Yeah. You can see that. Yeah. Cause they're going in behind the scenes they're seeing what is there, and then the other ten was like, "No, nah, man, we can't handle this." But Joshua and Caleb was like, "Let's go take it." Right. Yeah, let's go take it. And Are you, you know, completely opposed to the idea of leaving the country, Mark? Oh no, okay, no. You know what was what interesting? What I was thinking about. I think that there's, and I wish I could do the verses on this, but it talks about how you know the 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 animals guided by the bit in the mouth. Mm. You know, the ox. Yeah. You're like, you're like a wild Mustang, man. That's exactly what Didi said. You're crazy. God, God's got a, he's got a, he's on your back riding you. He's breaking you in. And you know, you say we're going to go through this. You're exactly right. It's our journey. It's been my experience. That's the spiritual journey is continually going through things and giving up our Godship, telling God, you're the boss. I choose you. You're my God over and over and over again, but it starts to get easier. Yeah. You know, we're promised we're going to have trouble in this world, but the punishing assaults like that, that we start, it it, it does, but we also start getting protection from that because we go through what we were supposed to go through. We learn what we were supposed to learn for. We go closer to our creator. That's what I learned. And, And that's what I told her today was that this was a training mission for her. Yeah, for both of like, them. Like, because she's the one that took the bricks down. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for her, if I was maybe single or if if I had someone that was a little more weak-minded or anything else like Who that. Who knows what could happen? I don't know what would have happened, but I remember, mean, I very well two, could be on deconstruction TikTok right now. But Remember, like, the Bible says the two of you are one entity. Mm-hmm. But she, right. she as her, Spiritually. as an intercessory prayer, she is the one that helped fend this thing off to where it would be manageable to where I could, to where I could come out of that eventually. But if it wasn't for her, who know, who knows? And so that's why I told her today, I was like, Hey, you need to learn how to recognize these things at the onset to start learning how to break these strongholds, um, on the onset. And that way it kind of, Hey, sweetheart, this, remember this window too, 
Let's go back to what we did to that. And let's, let's start this process that way. Maybe window two doesn't, you know, in actual battle, maybe window two doesn't take nine months because we don't have nine months anymore. Does that no. make sense? Yep. So that's the whole idea is that this is training. Like at, me and Angela right now, we're in training. We're in boot camp. We are not in the, the battle. God's going to put us into a battle eventually. This is why I this is why I tell people all the time, come to church and then sit all the way down. You know, how many people do we talk to that have been hurt and run? That happened to me when I was younger. I got hurt. Um, I judged the church by its people and I ran. Yeah. And, and things got a lot worse and my life was miserable until I came back. And then I sat all the way down and I said, I submit. I said, I'm not God. Your ways are right. They may not feel right right now. Your instruction may feel unfair to me. And uh, how come you got to do it that way? Why can't you just give me a neon sign? But then every time I do that, I'm elevating myself a little above God. I'm judging him and he's a gentleman and he steps back. And, and, and I have to learn and follow his feet again over. What was so crazy is like, I've had some of those same thought processes I had during the last nine months today. And I had them right when I was sitting at lunch. It's not the same. Like, like there was something spiritual attached to what I was going through. Like there was something that was beating me down, dude. Like, well, it happened to Job. I would never wish what I went through. I wish... I wish I could have somebody experience what I experienced for one day just so I, I could articulate it a little better. But it's like almost like whenever God lifted it off of me, it's almost like I heard like I had quiet for a minute. I haven't been I hadn't heard quiet even at night. You can ask her. I was waking up sometimes at midnight, one, two, three o'clock in the morning, getting four hours of sleep a night. My mind was someone was always talking like, you know, you know what that's called? Loud. You what? Know what that's called? Serenity. You experience yeah. serenity. Yeah, I'm actually sleeping like eight or nine hours. That hasn't happened in forever. Like, it becomes peace. Yeah. Right. And then peace becomes a guide. Well, I at least have just normal stress now. Like, it's just normal. Right. It's just Not like you're being pulled through a straw one molecule at a time. Yeah. Right. It's like every day. It's like <laughs> That's normal. That's a good description. Yeah. But nothing's changed. Right. By the human eye, nothing's changed. But, oh, it has. Oh, it has. So, yeah, I wanted to bring you guys through that. But I love that. I yeah. get a sense that. I don't want to say that on air, maybe. I get the sense that maybe America is not where at least I'm going to end up at. Hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what I get the sense, that that has something to do with Window 3. Well, I, I think that probably the, the Swiss Alps need, need to be. Australia is where I'm hearing. So. You never know. Well, it could be 20 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so it could be 20 years from now, but we don't know, but I get the sense that it might not be on air, but anyway, um, so who, we have a guest today, Anthony, and you followed up with him yesterday. He's, he's ready to come on. Yes. Okay. All right. So we have Anthony. Anthony is Raven's husband and he was like in, he, he was going into seminary school or something before, wasn't he? Correct. Okay. Yes. Correct. But let's just get his story straight from him. And I think he's leaning into the pagan stuff now, but let's let's yeah. just talk to him. But um, for everybody that's been listening and praying for me, I've seen your comments. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I appreciate it. Um, and I'm just, I'm so glad to be moving forward. And I'm so glad that God has allowed me to share my journey with you. Um, 
And I hope if it just helps one person, then I promise you all that pain that I went through is worth it. And I'm okay with it. So if it helps one of you, I'm okay. I'll go through it a million more times for all any, uh, just one of you listeners. So, yeah, we spoke with Raven and Anthony in episode 57. Yeah. Okay. And again, I cried like a baby. So Ben, when you're listening to this and you're going to go to TikTok and make fun of me for crying, I don't care. It's his party and he'll cry if he wants. I'll to. cry at your party too. Anyway. All right. On to Anthony. Hello. Is this Anthony? It's his wife. Raven, what are you doing? Oh, not much. <laughs> we completely forgot. It's Larry. He he was out chaining, and it's 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 a mess at the moment. <laughs> oh, he's out doing what now? He was putting cha- throwing chains. We're in, we're in a snowstorm, ice storm in Oregon. Oh. Oh my goodness. Great. Yeah. Are you guys still able to talk? I doubt that. They're probably on the side of the road. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, Anthony, what's going on, man? (laughs) It's going, man. It's going. Hey, Anthony, I know what that's like. I've been been working for a network up through Omaha, Nebraska, and Chicago for this winter storm. And uh, it it, it was, uh, you know, it it killed a lot of vehicles. You're not on the side of the road, are you? No, I was on the side and chained up. I was chaining up. Oh, I, got I just uh, getting my chains as tight as I could get them and then moving back and forth. DOT came by and told us we all needed to chain up and roll. And I was going to chain up anyway and head back to. Uh, head uh, just, back. just for the audience, what, what Anthony means is he's a truck driver mm-hmm. and he's in a snowstorm and they put chains around their wheels uh, to help get traction. Right, Anthony? Maybe you'd be better uh, to describe yes, that. Yeah, it's so we can get traction, but it's, yeah, it, it's just chains wrapped around the tires. So. I've been watching some of your videos since Raven came on the show. I like, I like your energy, man. Man, I'm, I, I, you know, a couple of my videos were, you know, uh, explaining things and, but I, I like to keep, I, I like to keep my, uh, my page positive, you know, know your worst type thing. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what I like to do. It's, hard sometimes but it is what it is i saw you um got a hold of one of one of uh, our show's biggest um biggest uh hate commenters I saw- uh yeah yeah he um uh, he kind of uh you know i i, I tried to keep it respect- as respectful as you guys were concerned but yeah i kind of uh yeah i kind of shut him down so cause yeah you're not gonna talk to people like that especially my wife and other women you just you just don't do that. That's it was fun. Fun. it was funny, um, you know, because I don't ever I don't ever respond to comments. But you guys remember Nero, don't you? Right. But like, so this guy always is talking crap about all of us in this room right here. Always talking crap. He knows everybody in this room by hand, and he p- posts something hateful every time. And but he watches every show. He know he knows us like the back of his hand. And um, post something hateful, but I never respond. I'm just like, hey, love you, buddy. Hope you help all's well. Good, you know, stuff like that. Well, he posted something about Nero. And Nero said, I don't know who the heck you think you're talking to, but I'm not a Christian, and I don't turn the other cheek, so you better watch your dang mouth. (laughs) And then then Anthony got on him uh, last week, too. Anthony got him good. So, But Ben, Ben, we love you. And we know we you know you love us back too, so <laughs> <laughs> and you know I love everybody. Just I just don't 
you just don't do that uh, with you, you just don't do that to people. Belief is a belief. You know, if you disagree, okay, fine, you disagree. But there's no there's no need for hatred. There's really not. No. And so you already know the breakdown of the show. You know how it goes, so I don't have to explain oh, that yes, to sir. you. No. Okay. All right. So let's just get into it, man. Like, so we kind of started getting into it um, before you, you had a history. What, what was your history with religion growing up? Well, at nine years old, I, uh, you know, my, my family was real big into the church. Um, they actually chartered with charter members and, and actually started a church, uh, through the Nazarene. Well, uh, from there on, you know, I was pretty involved in church from eight years old on. At nine years old, I felt like I was called to preach. So my mother had went to the uh, pastor of the church, and we talked. He was excited. I was excited. So, you know, I proceeded to head down that road. Can I ask okay. you a question? Can I stop you? Yeah. What, um, you said you felt like you were called to preach. What happened to make you feel like you were called to preach? Uh, Well, I felt, I, I felt like... At the time that, at the time that um, it happened, I felt like God had called me to preach. You know, I, I felt like He was talking to me. It was just different things. Like uh, I would say, um, I would say emotion more or less than anything. And um, I would say just like uh, just the way it, just the way I felt, and the way the verses were. Um, were sticking out to me. I was remembering verses that, you know, I, I was finding verses that I would have, as a child at that age, there's no way at that time that I had believed um, I could have found them on. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's how it happened. It was just an emotional feeling. It was, I felt like somebody was speaking to me and at the time I thought it was God, you know, I felt it was God or, and you don't think, you, you know, don't think it was anymore. You know, I, I will say this. Do I believe in God? Absolutely. Um, do I believe in other gods? Absolutely. Um, but do I believe that, because um, I'm a little different than Raven, I, I, I believe that do they have a role in our lives? It depends. It depends on the situation. depends. But do I have believe that they have a specific role in our life? No, I do not. Um, my family kind of calls me to be that way. Um, you know, I, as far as trauma, I, I guess you could say it was a certain type of trauma. I, I, my mother abandoned me three times, uh, mm -hmm. while she was speaking love and Lord and God and things like that. Same, and I, same you know, happened to me I, too, just by the yeah, way, my mom abandoned me. And she, she, after she divorced, my dad went from different men not like that, but, you know, a uh, couple different guys she would be with that she possibly would marry. Maybe, maybe not at the time. I don't know. But it was it was the fact that I, I started getting physically abused. And growing up in a home where it's a loving father and a loving mother before then, and then all of a sudden turning to this, turning to that, you know, it kind of was a shock. Oh, roughly what age so. when that began to happen? Uh, that began to happen at 11 years old. Well, no, I take that back. Nine years old. Cause my dad had gotten with a woman that was six years older than I was. Uh, and she would literally, um, 
you know, not to speak bad of her and her family, but they didn't come from a real good family. Uh, so she was raised being beat. So therefore, when my dad wasn't around, she would take in an orange. Uh, hold on. Uh, extension cord and beat us oh, for no reason. Good grief. So just uh, take us out in the yard and just beat us. Good grief. Um, uh, like and, you Anthony, know, I talk to my dad now, but, you know. It's crazy. Uh, um, I remember, like, I'm thinking back to my memories with my mom. Like, I just remember, um, you know, so many cycles of her being like, we would come home from church and she'd be like, I'm going to give it to the Lord. And she'd flush all her drugs down the toilet. She, I remember one time she took me into the bathroom and, um, and showed me her flushing all the drugs in the, in the toilet and saying, God had delivered me and stuff like that. And, and God, I'm done. And then she'd go right back to it. And then, so it's kind of hard not to form some sort of opinion, um, on this, on this God, um, that she's saying all these things are happening to, but it seems to be, it seems to be failing. Right. And then I remember when right. I was like 12 or 13, um, looking out the window and my mom and dad were fi always fighting and yelling and screaming and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I remember I was upstairs in my room and she said she was leaving. And I, uh, for some reason I believed, I knew she was going to leave this time. She didn't say bye to me right. or anything. And I remember looking out the window and I just kind of peeked out there and she took my dad's Jeep and she was right there. And I remember she kind of looked under and looked up and she saw me and she was bawling. And then she, she waved, I waved at her and waved at her. But here's the difference between me and other kids. That was one of the happiest days of my life because at right. the time I knew that it was going to be over. Come to find out, she ended up right running my dad's um, credit cards up, and it ended up stressing him out. And he sometimes he would take it out of me for no reason, and and it ended up, to, you know, my mom ended up in prison and everything else, and it ended up affecting me a lot more than I knew at the time. But at that day, I was like, finally, the fighting stopped. I'm happy. Get out of here. You right. Know? Right. But dude, yeah. I mean, our childhood really does. Do you have any kids, Anthony? Uh. Yes, I have two that are grown, and then I have a, a six-year-old daughter that I actually, from a previous marriage, uh, I adopted. I did. I adopted from birth because the parents, they had felt like um, they had felt like they could not raise her. Well, I heard the con overheard the conversation and basically told them, you know, hey, I'll, uh, you know, you don't want the child. I'll take the child. So, and how you would know, you say you did. would? How would you say your upbringing played into how you were as a parent? I would say my uh, my upbringing as a parent. I I broke the what you would call break the chain. Okay. I uh, broke. You the know, cycle. I yes, I I did not believe. I, I decided to give my children you know, something I didn't have. And, um, and I just, um, I wasn't going to let them go through what I went through. So as far as anger and things like that, yeah, I never, I never put my children through that. When did you so. say, when, when would you say that, um, you started to believe because being called to be a preacher is a, a big deal. That's a huge deal. And I still, yes. I still believe that to this day, you know, I'm still a Christian. So I don't have to explain that, but yeah. um, I'll say this, that 
like I was called to be a, a preacher too. And it was pretty undeniable for me. My, I'll tell you my experience. You shared yours with me, but it was pretty undeniable. I was, I was 21 or 22 years old and I just started dating my fiance. She would later be my wife. And then, um, she mothered two both my girls, um, to me. Um, and at the time we hadn't had a kid yet, but I had just became a cop and I had worked my whole life to become a cop since I was six years old. And I remember, I remember I was in my first year and I was just, dude, I used to put my uniform on four hours before shift and just sit in my chair. So excited to go to work. And I just, I, I I love that job. Little I know that it was, it was just, it, you know, it took me 10 years, but I realized that that job wasn't for me, but, um, Right. But in that first year, I was so excited. And then one day I was taking. And not to interrupt you, but if you hear a bunch of banging, me just checking everything because I'm fixing the. I'm about to go down a big steep hill. So. You got it. You be safe, brother. You be safe. That's the biggest thing. So. Which one are you on? uh, I am over here on 35. um, On 35, where uh, Hood River. So. Oh. Yeah. um, He's not too far from us. uh, No, he's. Yeah, it's a. yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, I don't. You're not in on Interstate 35. You're on Highway 35 up no, in Oregon. Highway 35. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, oh, that, yeah. isn't that just a little bit south of 84? Yes, it is. It's Dude, a, I would be so terrified a, to drive a semi on. Oh, uh, you know what? I've been doing this off and on for 19 years. Yeah. So, so being terrified, that if you end up, it's like this. If you're scared coming out here. Don't. And I, you know, do I get nervous? Don't do it because you'll you'll end up causing a problem. Yeah, yeah. that would be me. So. I'd be in a ditch somewhere. Yeah, my daughter, do- uh, <laughs> Anthony, my daughter drives, and she taught oh, her okay. husband. So now they're a team. I, I've oh, had okay. my CDL for twenty years and spent my time on the road. Nice. Okay, so yeah, to finish, wife, she won't. To finish what I was saying here, the um, so I was yeah. in the shower one day. I'll try to make this quick. I was in the shower one day, You're fine. and I was in a hot shower. And I remember I was in the best mood. Um, I I remember like it was one of the best moods I've ever had. I'll say that. And I was just like, I was excited. I remember I was singing the song. I was probably singing Larry's favorite song. That I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. That, that was one line too long. Yeah, so I should have cut it off a little sooner, but it's fine. <laughs> but I, I was probably singing that song, because that's the song I usually sing when I was excited back then. Um, and then I remember out of nowhere, I hit face first in the um, in the bathtub. I just went down, and I, I got my hair stood up on my arms, and I got cold chills all over my body with hot water running all over me. And tears just started streaming out of my eyes. But I wasn't I wasn't crying. Just, but tears just started streaming out of my eyes. And I remember being, you're going to be a preacher. And I, I dried off real quick because it was a sensation that I had never felt before. Still never felt anything like it since. And I dried off real quick. And I went in and told my fiance at the time. I said, hey, I think I'm supposed to be a preacher. And we both... We both cracked up laughing, and then we just never talked about it again. And then here we are, you know, I, I had never really talked about it then, and I just, I don't know if that's still my calling. I, I don't think so, um, but I, I had made some choice, you know, I made some choices not to pursue that, so maybe my calling's different now. But at the time when I was younger, yeah, that was like, I, I felt clearly called to be a preacher. Was yours, was yours like feelings like that, how I described? Was it, was it kind of like yeah, that? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah, and, you know, after that, uh, 
my mom and dad got a divorce and then I kind of got in a bunch of trouble, but you know, I, then I felt like I was called still called, uh, when I was, uh, I would say 17, but the problem with me was I was bounced around from home to home. Um, not because I was a horrible kid. Uh, I was bounced around from home to home because I was a troubled teen, um, just getting in trouble, you know, just different things, breaking the law, just mischievous things. Um, until at the age of 15, I was, no, 14, excuse me. At the age of 14, I was living in Granite City, Illinois, um, and I was, I started Chop Shop. Okay. So I had a bunch of grown men living <laughs> or working for me. I started a Chop Shop. I mean, I had to make wow. money. My parents would not. My stepdad was an alcoholic, um, the guy she married, and he, uh, they were going to church. He was a deacon. She was teacher in Sunday school, but the, their lives, the, the way they were living and the way I was getting treated at home and beat on all the time just didn't really line up with what I should be seeing. So yeah. therefore, I kind of fell away. Started chop shop at the age fifteen. A chop shop. A chop shop is where basically people bring stolen cars to you and you cut them up and sell them yeah. for parts. Yes, sir. I drove my mother around in a Lincoln <laughs> for a year before I got caught. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, so and Man. I didn't even have a driver's license. Well, it sounds uh, like my uh, mother you, didn't think I was. Sounds like so. uh, this is Mark. It sounds like you and I could have hung out. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was pretty fit to be tied. But after that, uh, my mother, while I was in the detention home, once again, you know, I was trying to uh, go to church, worship God, you know, the whole nine yards. And when I got out of the detention home uh, and showed up, the day I showed up, my mother, there was a plastic bag um, of my clothes on the steps of the trailer. And my mother and my stepdad had moved to Arkansas. Oh, man. Uh, Wow. So after that, I called my mother. Uh, three three months later, I had walked from St. Louis, Missouri, all the way to uh, Conway, Arkansas. She had told me nobody would come get me. Long story short, when I showed up there, my uncle was like, why didn't you call somebody? And once again, I couldn't live with my mother. Um, and no reason at all. Still did the same thing. Still went to church. Still believed in God. Still believed in the, the Bible. You know, it was black and white to me, but... By the, I would say by the time I was twenty eight, it was it all fall it all fell away. Would it and be that's when I started questioning? Would it be fair to say that these people that were pretty good, like were were your examples of how Christ, you know, how a Christian should be, was pretty poor, and they helped formulate your decision on whether you wanted to be a part of, on of Christianity or not, would you say it assisted at least some? It it assisted. Yes. It played a role. Um, and it wasn't just my family. It was different churches that I was a part of. Of course. Yeah. And, um, I found that they would say one thing out of one side of the mouth and say another and do another. Now I do believe, you know, you don't base your faith. I believe hardly. However, after everything that wrote, it just, um, it snowballed. I, I literally started looking and questioning. And at one time, 
I was actually, and did I believe in it then? Absolutely, in the Christian sense, uh, the healing aspect, laying hands on people, um, happened. Absolutely, yeah. laying hands on somebody or praying over my hands, they they were healed. Um, so that, you, that, wait a you second, know, there's, you there's a you healed you people know. by laying on your hands on people. Yes, and it did happen. When you now, think, when you think God, back to I, these moments and you think about, do I think it was God? No, no. I want to. I want to <laughs> ask a specific question. Like uh-huh. when you think back and you and you actually put yourself back in that position of when that happened. How does that? How does that make you feel now? Uh, it in line with what I know and what I more or less believe now it wasn't a miracle uh, you don't look at that as it was a miracle no no because that's not what the bible taught that's not what the bible was saying about doing things like that that's not considered a miracle that's I mean the by according to the bible according to what i knew at the time it was considered uh god working through you anything that happened that you prayed and it was granted it wasn't considered a miracle it was considered by his grace and by what you know what he was doing for you, you know? Well, yeah, you so, weren't performing a miracle, but Jesus was doing it through you. Would you consider that a miracle? I guess it, I guess biblically right now, like now because the spirit people kind of a gray area, but, but like it should be happening. It'd be a personal miracle to me if, when I was healed, it should be know? happening all the yeah, time. I though, mean, right? it was a miracle to people that it happened to, yeah. but to me, it was just like everyday life in the Christian faith. It didn't shock that you. It is. it is everyday life you know? in Christian faith when you truthfully get to see this all the time. Right. When right. You, and it was, I had conversations, what I thought was with God. And I mean, and it happened to me. It wasn't a miracle. It was God at the time, God working in my life to do what I was called to do or what I felt I was called to do at the time. So to me, it wasn't a miracle. So, uh, you know, people, you know. So it here's here's where I'm having there. issues that, um, for him, for him, Larry, Why? like, I don't think we've, I don't think we've ever spoken, um, to someone that had this deep of a connection and Pentecostal relationship with God. I, this is a first for us and it's hard <laughs> for me to imagine how you could disconnect from that. And let me ask you a question. Do you still feel yeah. like you have the sensations that you are speaking with God now, um, or have uh, have those gone away completely, or do you still feel them and attribute it to something else? I well, I you know it, it be, I'm an empath. I'm what you call an empath. Okay, same. Okay, okay. And the things that I would say now um, fall in line with it is more. I would say more energy and more manifestation of the mind than anything. Uh, not that I don't believe, okay, uh, but but it, it's more of a manifestation with the mind. Like, you know, uh, Raven, she's a North Pagan. I have come along more along those terms because of the fact of how I have always believed and lived my life in a loyal and faithful way to things of what I believe and friends and family i have always been loyal to all that so in my mind versus the christian faith and the christian beliefs the christian beliefs are different than mine however my loyalty is stronger now to people being not part of the christian 
Christian following than it was when I was with a part of the Christian following. If that makes any sense. Well, see, like I, I, um, where me and you differ, I, I'm identifying with you a lot in this is like, um, I was, I was pretty grossed out by Christianity, by the examples that was being set by me as well. But where, where, when I was in my early twenties and then especially now I set out to change that because I believed that the examples that I was seeing wasn't the true way Christians should be acting. And then what the cool right. thing was, I actually came to church here at Discovery Church, and I realized that there was a whole bunch of people here that thought the same way that I did, that I wasn't something new. I thought I was some, like, I don't know, like, diamond in the rough, and I was going to come in and change <laughs> Christianity, you know? And then you got people like Todd White, Larry likes Todd White, and he's he's like them, and he just shows people love. And then I come to Discovery Church, and there's just a whole building full of people that's being um, under leadership, and they're, they're preaching the Bible the way I was reading it. I was reading it, and I was like, this is nothing right. like I was being taught, and nothing like I was being shown. Now, I, I sometimes I fear that I'm I'm one of those Christians that I I hurt people and I mislead people and stuff like that as well. Be, just like I did, I'm like, man, I hope I'm not failing people like the way I saw when I was growing up. But you you like disconnected from it completely. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. be I don't want to be a part of that. If that if that's how I have to be, let me let me ask you a question. What if it, what if it is a possibility? What if it is the truth that there really is a a true way to be a Christian and you just haven't seen the example of it. Is there a path for you to become a Christian again? No, absolutely not. And the reason why I say that is to go back to what I, some people call them gifts. I call them abilities. The things that I can still do, not being a part of the Christian faith um, has led me even further to believe um to believe in, you know, more of the pagan side, more of the the energy, and more of the manifestation side. So you have abilities uh, right now that you that that you yes, wouldn't I have. Still, yeah, what that are I those? still had when I was. Well, the healing ability. I'll 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 give you an example. Um, like uh, we we uh, uh, Raven is my twin flame. What what you guys would call a soulmate? Okay. Um, I had visions. I used to have visions all the time, things like that. Some people would call them prophetic visions. However, when me and, me and Raven got together, they became like just totally off the, off the charts. Uh, reading people. Um, I can read somebody. My, me being an uh, empath, I can read people. Some people would call it a psychic. I don't really say that word because I'm not a psychic. I can't read your future or your past, but I can tell you all about yourself and tell you about things that in a, not a general sense and not a leading way, I can actually spit out things that I know of people, their personalities, their, what their thoughts, how they think, how they live. And I can go so deep that it's not stuff you want people to know. That's an ability. I have ability to heal people. I healed Raven. Um, she, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the history of her, a lot of people don't know her back history, except, you know, I will say this: she had, she had seizures for 14 years. When we got together, I could, I mean, her, 
the things I did as far as projection and manifestation, her seizures went away. And when she went to the doctor, the doctor was in awe and flabbergasted, meaning he said you shouldn't have been healed. She had busted artery nerve endings in her brain. Them are healed now. That would have took surgery otherwise. And um, you think you think if you became a Christian, these abilities would go away? No. No. Because they're ingrained in me. Because they're not abilities that I believe was given by God. Uh, I believe I was born with them. I believe that um, I was given them for a reason. Still don't know really the reason. Um, but I, I mean... You know, I had them abilities. I had the ability of foresight and vision. I can't explain it. Did I believe it? No. Did I believe in my abilities? No. Even it, when I thought they came from God, I still didn't believe it. It was not something that I was actually taught. The Pentecostal way, I was never taught that way. That's just where I started leading to because of it, it was in line with how your spirit felt. Yeah. Well, it's it's right. fascinating. I, right. The reason why I ask all these questions, it's fascinating because we talk to a lot of people that were that used to be in the cult and now they're Christians, or they used to be pagans or witches or in witchcraft, uh, and then they come out of it. And um, I would say most of them lose their abilities when they come out of it, which probably proves that it was like a demonic thing. But there's some of them that don't lose their ability um, when they come, like their spiritual abilities when they become a Christian. Um, there's some of right. them that don't. But I ask everybody that question. It's just fascinating to see that You're some fine. people, like Matt, last week we interviewed him, and he lost his abilities uh, when he became a Christian. How long were you in this? Yeah, see, I had them when I was a Christian. Uh, I went for almost a year. Okay. And, uh, and I, I could, one, I couldn't afford it. And two, um, I would say it was more or less, um, uh, family members, uh, and I was with at the time that did not, I put more faith in people than I did God at that time. And that is, that's earning, that's the truth. Right. I put more faith in people than what, I did God. What is Jesus to you? Jesus. Oh, we're gonna have to have believe in the Trinity. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, you yeah. you, you cut that. out. Let let's say that again. What what is Jesus to you? Jesus. I believe. All right. You know yeah. what that is, right? He's running around his truck. Yeah. No, nah, that's a demonic attack. I oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. Does not want that out there. So try it again and tell Hold us up. tell Hold us exactly on. what you think, what in your opinion, God you uh, Jesus is. Can you hear me, Anthony? Can, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can yeah. hear Hold you on. now. Hold on, you guys. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, all right. It was I believe Jesus was a prophet, not the Messiah. Hmm. Yeah. Do I believe he exists? Absolutely, I believe he existed in the time because. You know, so you'll you'll have a lot of atheists and some pagans and faith that he doesn't didn't exist. Yeah, he absolutely existed. There's historical proof of that. Um, you know, I'm 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 an analytical and emotional thinker, so I'm kind of a combination of an off. You know that. Well, let me yeah, give you just let, let me give you something to think about about Jesus that that I've came across before. 
about that whole distinction. Um, I use something and I guess what you'd call in philosophy, I think it's a philosophical eye. It's called a uh, philosophical idea. It's called the law of excluded middle. And it, mm-hmm. and it basically means that two contradicting ideas cannot be true at the same time. Now, I'm not a big philosophical guy, but I, I use that. I use that to look at the idea of whether Jesus was a prophet. If we believe that Jesus actually existed and we do believe he walked the earth, there's really only two options that he could be. He was either a psychopath and he was a liar or he was exactly who he says he was. Does that make sense? Like Jesus claimed to be God. Jesus claimed to be the son of God or, or he was, or he was just some crazy dude that that came and fooled a bunch of people. Well, now fooled a bunch of people. <laughs> like, I mean, but right. I mean, everybody in the future he fooled a bunch of people. So yeah. I use that those two distinctions. You know, the biggest problem I have with Jesus, if you consider him not a godhead, is like you said, the psychopath part. Who would come, heal people, then sacrifice himself, and die for everybody? pointlessly and he, yeah he, young just uh, he said it from day one they didn't hear him but he said it he kept saying i'm gonna be killed and you know that was one thing i always had a problem with if that's not god then what yeah. would be the point of any human being doing that yeah it's just a weird little thing that i think about but um and so you you say you lean more towards norse paganism now, do, yeah. do you have like a title you call yourself? Do you like subscribe to anything or are you just kind of open like a universal? I, I, I'm kind of open right now because I'm still reading. Um, I I did a thing where, you know, I, I, I posted a video about going on a journey. Now I'm a little more active on, on TikTok than I was going to be at the time because, it, you know, I have a wife that just totally is enveloped in TikTok. So I have to be, but <laughs> more or less. But I, I. I'm reading a lot and finding a lot uh, that in lines with my beliefs and in lines of, like I said, how I live. And, uh, and I, I find a lot of, a lot of things with um, the sagas, what I call them, uh, what they're called. The sagas co- coexist with, um, with the, you know, with the Bible and, and uh, some of the, some of the stories, some of the, some of the history in the Bible, they both co co coexist with one another. Except both of them, you know, like the sagas. Some people tell you, you know, that's just a guideline to live by. It's not, you know, it's not factual because a lot of the sagas are some of it's facts and some of it's put together. But the sagas were written by Christians too, so that you know that explains why a lot of things are. Co- coincide with one another. The sagas were written written literally by pagans uh, converting over to Christianity. Gotcha. And hey, is is know, Raven there with you right now? Yeah. Okay. I want you. Yeah. I want you guys to play along with me real quick. Okay. And I want you to. Okay. Can, can I? Can she, Can I talk to her real quick? I'm going to ask her a question. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Here you go. Okay. Hold on. Okay. She said, uh-oh. Hello? <laughs> Raven. Hello. I don't know. I just have these random questions that pop in my head, and I get curious. I got to know the answer, too. What, okay. 
what just play along with me just hypothetically even if it's never but possibility what would you okay. do if anthony came up to you today and told you as a christian how would that make you feel i would be fine with it would you 100 per, i would be 100 percent fine with it do you oh. feel like it I, you wouldn't take it as a slight as slight towards you no not not one bit not one bit because here's the deal and i don't know if either one of us told you guys but when him and i met and started dating i thought he was a christian (laughs) (laughs) yeah because of his extensive knowledge yeah right within christianity and he he knew who and what i was and he fully accepted me and didn't try to deter me or talk and you know i I respect all i really do i respect all people i get that from you I get that from they you. come for me and mine. And it's like, you know what? Leave me alone. You know, I don't, we, I don't push mine on you. Don't, don't do it to me. We talked to, to have an open conversation, but yeah, we talked to a lot of witches where there's uh, where the, they say they're open, they're open, then they, they're fine with it. But then there's a lot of tension on there. I, I genuinely get that from Raven. Don't you guys like that? She's really like, I can tell you got a loving spirit on you. That's cool. I, I try. I really try, and like I said, I have a couple of handful of Christians in my life that know who and what I am, and they love and adore me, and I love and adore them for who and what they are. And just because we believe in something different does not mean that we can't coexist, we can't get along, we can't share love and respect. Um, that's and that's the way it should be all across the board. It it really should. Right. Okay. So don't but, tell Anthony. He probably already no, knows the question, but don't tell him. Pass the phone back to him. <laughs> I wanna. He probably already I knows. Okay. But. Here. Here he is. Okay. All right. I'm back. Okay. You probably didn't. You probably already know the. You're a smart guy. You probably already know the question, but I tried to do my best as to be secretive there, so you, it wouldn't affect your <laughs> answer. But if Raven came to you today. And she said, she said, honey, I'm a Christian now. How would that make you feel? No different way I feel now. It, you wouldn't take it as an attack to what you're, the, the route you're going no. in your life or anything? No, no, absolutely not. Right I, on. Would I, would I, would I push her into something? No, I wouldn't. Would I tell her she's wrong? No. Um, I, I would, I don't. Like, like with you guys' little minion, I'll call him, sorry. Uh, he, uh, you know, it, it, him attacking you guys and attacking, you know, fellow believers in the faith and pagans and just attacking beliefs in general, that's why I went after it. You don't, you, you don't do that. All, uh, this is what I believe. I respect all beliefs and all faith. I respect it, all beliefs. And I, I respect christianity beliefs and uh i'm not going to say people are right or wrong like when me and raven first got together i told her who's to say any of us are right so that's why i went on my journey the way i was i'm i was kind of like coco i was you know i i believed that there was nothing that existed um but mine went a lot deeper than that i was just done I was done with the whole belief system, the whole following of different groups and different people. I was done. Yeah. I had a lot of anger built up. Um, and I, I was just totally done with it. Now, she thought I was a Christian because I believe in positivity and I believe in lifting people up, you know, uh, and, and, and I will always believe that. That's the way, uh, that's how you view 
how Christians should be is full of love and positivity. That's how that's because you said you said that she thought you were a Christian because you were full of love and positivity. Is that right. is that your image of a Christian? No, that's not my image of uh, uh, my image of which is you know it's just my opinion. My image of what a Christian should be is a Christian should follow their beliefs and stand firm on them and 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 go by that belief system and and the laws that are they are bound to that they believe in. That there there is no we all make mistakes absolutely, but if you're going to love somebody, you love the sinner and hate the sin. And that's not, and we're all human. Uh, you're going to have your moments. We all do. But the fact that you, you're, it's the ones that you're closest to that are in the faith, the Christian beliefs are the ones that hurt you the most. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say right now that I don't like that saying. And I think the way that pastor Gary teaches me and I can, I can openly refute that saying about Christianity because pastor Gary teaches this. I think love the sinner, hate the sin is a bad saying. And I'm going to say right. that up front. And I'm going to tell you why the reason why I think it's um, a bad saying is because I think our job as Christians is to love the sinner and then let the Holy spirit deal with the sin. It's not my right. job to convict you of sin. It's not my job of to delve into your life and try to pull the log out of your eye. My job is to love you, and then that's it. And then to introduce you to Christ if that's what I can do. That's what my job is. My job isn't to hate the sin. That's God hates sin. If you want to be honest, I, I enjoy sin. I have to abstain right. from it. Right. I would be a liar if I said I hate sin. I enjoy right. it. And so I think that saying is bunk and it doesn't belong in our religion. The people that say it have it wrongly. So and there you go. The with that. I was raised all the time. I so, know. I know it's know. crazy, but anyway, okay. One more question to, um, to you and then we're going to do the rounds. You know what the rounds are, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, what if, what if it is true? What if, what if Jesus is the only way to heaven? Does that not worry you? Does that not concern you at all? No. You like, man, I, what if I got this wrong? Because it's a big deal, man. This, no, this is a big deal. It, it, in the Christian Christian faith, Christian belief, it, it, you're right. It is a big deal. Um, then, you know, if I'm wrong, you know, the old saying, there was a pastor that used to talk to people, tell how to witness people, that if I was, you know, if I'm wrong, talking about the pastor, if I'm wrong, then I lose nothing. But if you're wrong, you lose everything. What's that called and, again? Um, um Pascal's wager is what that's called. Yeah, he used to. That was his favorite saying too. So. Yeah, that's it's called. It's an old philosophical idea. It's called from from Pascal. Pascal came up with it. It's called Pascal's okay. wager. You may look into okay. it. Yeah, it's it's from like the eighteen hundreds. But yeah, if if what I basically what I believe is true, then 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 if I conduct my life like I'm believing in God then if I die and, and it's not true, then I haven't lost anything. But if you go on and you don't believe in God and you end up, you know, being wrong, then you've lost an eternity, you know? So that's called, right. that's called Pascal's wager. But I mean, I don't know. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, I think you need to uh, experience a life like you've experienced a life with the Holy Spirit, with Christ. Like you've experienced that stuff. You conducted a relationship with God. That's exactly. that's our evidence that it's true. You know, our evidence is our interaction with God every day. That's why it, it, it shocks the ever-living crap out of me that you experienced those things and you decided to walk away. Because that's the stuff that keeps me in. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, you know, like I said, real quick, you know, and you guys are amazing. I'm going to tell you, I watch your, <laughs> watch your TikTok. Thank you, man. Thank you. Those. I do go to your podcast. <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, you know, I, I will say this. Would my belief in God and Jesus and the faith had faltered, um, had I had not had to deal with what I dealt with, I, I can't say because I don't know. Um, it's just the things that I've seen, the things that I've come to the logical conclusion and still having my abilities and the same abilities I had when I was a Christian. Um, yeah, I, I, my eyes, they were when I was in the, and, and they have. Um, so, Okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and do the rounds. That way we don't keep you too long. So, um, okay. but, uh, okay, Mark, go ahead. Uh, it was really great talking to you, Anthony. And I, it was funny okay. cause I was just on highway, I guess it was, was it I 80 or up there from Lincoln to oh, Omaha, yeah. then Omaha to Chicago. And man, it looked like I, I've never seen, I bet I, we saw 150 semis that were just completely blown off the road. And, uh, and, and, and that, that made me yeah. nervous. I was a bit in big lifted diesel truck. And I was thinking, man, if the pros are getting blown off like this, we, I, we were like probably eight hours behind the, the big storm that did that. But, uh, yeah, right. man, be careful out there, brother. <laughs> oh yeah. It was, it, it was really great talking to you. Um, I, uh, I identify with some of the things you've said. Um, I had, um, some bad examples set for me too. And, uh, as far as looking at people and when you're at that age, it's a very vulnerable age when we need our parents and when they're teaching us of what a life looks like and, and. And they're not living one of integrity. I think we lost. Oh. Please leave your message for five zero one. No, come on. Come on, man. Right at the end. Hold on. I feel like he just said, I'm going to say it again. You say what? You say what? I'm going to talk to him. Uh Uh-oh. You make me nervous. She's like Larry Light. How, how does it feel? How does what feel? To make him nervous. Oh, I do it. It's all right. Yeah. I've always lived in that, that you know, that bowl by myself, I thought. <laughs> now it's a mixing bowl. I mean, now he knows. You he guys are take, making whipped cream. Take me to Please a burger leave your joint. message for five. <laughs> he must be in a little. He may just be done with you. With you. No, no, I don't think so. So he, I'm a, look, I'm He a, was chaining up. Right. All right. What What does that tell me? He's on the side of the road, busy, and it's cold, brutally cold. Yes, but he's getting ready to go down a big hill. Right. He's okay. Or even up up a hill. Right. If the if the uh, if the HP was te- or DOT in in that case was telling him to chain up, then he is in a chain up area because you can only run chains in certain areas. Right. 
All right. So that means that we're lucky we got him for as long as we exactly. Did. Yeah. That that part would be completely true because he, no matter what, even doing it twenty years, you're going to focus on what you're doing and you okay. have to stay with it. We'll okay. do this then. We'll 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 Let's do, do our comments. We'll do our comments um with him off the air and then he, I'm sure he'll call us back when he gets there and then we'll get his final statement on there. Yes. So Mark, yeah. finish up with what you want to say. Shoot him a text that says "call us back." Okay, I I uh, this one. What what happened to this guy? It, I'm angry. I'm, I'm I'm angry, and I'm angry at his parents. But you know what they say: our first judge is our children. That's the first judge we'll ever experience. Um, they get to a certain age and they start looking at our lives, and they all the trouble comes from when we don't practice what we preach. Yeah, because a child immediately the first lie they perceive is hypocrisy yeah and they perceive it from their parents and it and it twists something inside of their innocent little souls yeah and then they start looking at everything through that lens that's why that's why i try to live my authentic christian life in front of you guys in front of the world and in front of my kids too because like, and I tell them what I'm going, well, I didn't tell them all of this stuff that's going through. Cause I don't think they're old enough to understand all this yet. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're right, man. Well, well, here, here's the deal. Um, if we live a life of integrity, meaning one life, then the people who our lives are witnessing to can, if we don't live a single life, they'll be lost. Okay. And, and that, that's what's happening. The Bible talks about, um, well, I'm completely don't, guilty of what you said. Me too. I have been completely guilty, yeah. and my children paid for it. Yes. Um, my parents were guilty. I paid for it. Um, you know, it says in James 1, 6 through 8, I'm going to read like three verses here. But let him who ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. That is, just a minute, sorry. Oh, put your old people glasses. Put your peepaw glasses on. Here we go. PP in the house. X glasses. PP Junior. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Mm-hmm. But be doers of the word. This is James one twenty-two to twenty-five. Be doers of the be word, doers, and yep. not hearers only, deceiving yep. yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Because even demons believe that Jesus exists and walk the earth. <laughs> For he looks at himself and goes away at once, and then forget what he looks like. Yep. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer her act, he will be blessed. Be sober-minded, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be watchful, your adversary, like the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Okay, one more. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You That's my story. serve God and man. I lived that out just recently. You saw right. that. I was serving the wrong master. Right. And so I'm talking to the people out here who believe that are listening to this. Don't. We got to sit all the way down. And he's talking to your parents, Anthony, not you. That's right. I, I mean, you're, I, I'm, you're not, I'm, I'm in no place to judge Anthony. That's between him and God. I, I don't. 
I don't want to go to heaven and have to answer to Jesus why I destroyed the ability for his child to have a relationship with him. And what happened to Anthony, you know, we can't, you know, we can also do this whole victim mentality. Well, this happened to me and I suffered that trauma. So I'm not responsible for my own decisions. Anthony is, but man, he didn't get much of a, he didn't get much of a good start. You well, know what I mean? He became a doer of the word though. He became That's a what's doer so shocking is like he became a doer. He went out and boldly walked out his but faith with Christ. During that doering, he was getting smacked around, going yeah. from house to house, yeah. experiencing over and over and over again hypocrisy. Yeah. Hypocrisy. Okay. So it was it's not like he was illustrated integrity. And so right. how could that not deeply affect yeah. Okay. And Mark, are you done with your show? Yeah, I'm going to shut up now. I'm done. Okay. Man, Angela. You're doing great. That was great. No, that was a great word. Thank you. It was, it was resonating with me too. So get in there, Angela. Angela, say something to Anthony. So I, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on. And second of all, I, um, I just really feel like there's more to your story and I feel like God is still working in your life. And, I'm, this is just from my personal beliefs, and I'm sorry if I'm offending you. I'm not trying to be, but I feel like God is still got a lot to work in you, and I just, I just feel like I wish that you would open your eyes a little bit more. I know that you and Raven are on the same path, and you're learning different stuff, but I just don't want you to be so closed mind off to God and what He has in store for you. And I just want to say thank you for coming on. Oh, I want to say one more thing. Mark wants to say one more thing. Hey, hey, Anthony, I'm big on, on, on this. I do want to say you, you're driving a truck. So while, while, um, while you're out there driving with Raven, Hey, you guys get the podcast, uh, the audio book, uh, return of the gods. Just listen to that on the road. I think you guys would both dig it. And so anyway, okay, Larry, I have quite a bit to say. First off, man, keep the wheels turning. I understand. And, uh, we're, man, I am just. Not real happy that we lost you, but I do understand the uh, signal gets lost going down the hill. Please be careful out there, especially since it's winter time. Um, one of the things I'm going to do is kind of read a little bit of commentary here in my Bible that's over Romans 1 and 16 through 17. I mean, I'm sorry, 21 through 32. When we go our own way apart from God, we follow the downward path that Paul describes in the verses 21 through 32, and we exchange our worship for God, or worship of God for the worship of things and other people. We exchange our worship for the living God for the willful form of sin, and if we go this far and more above these forms of sin, it is possible to enter the state of deep spiritual blindness where we believe lies and reject truth. Um, that kind of resonated with me before, and um, then I kind of saw this verse, which is actually Romans one twenty one, and it says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, and they begin to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming 
Well, I, I'll let you read that one because I'm not reading it to insult you. I am reading it to to kind of point that out. And then, But the I, more you read it, you're like, oh, man, it seems like... Well, because the well, Bible can uh, seem like a dagger I, sometimes. I, you I, know? Can, I can literally tell you afterward, and you're going to go, oh, Larry, I'm so glad you listened to the Holy Spirit and kept your mouth shut. Oh, yeah. They, we've done <laughs> this before, and yes. I begged him to say it, and I was like, next time, I'm going to listen when he says to shut up. <laughs> so, so, Larry, please don't read it. There you go. But, but um, we, we, are, we actually have three of a kind in here today. Okay, we have three Larrys in here, and I had to take a brief break. And only one of them is a pain in my butt. Which is ho- highly unusual. And Larry Morris was kind enough to point out a verse for me, and I want to share that with Anthony and you. Okay? Why Why with me? Why would you say it like that, too? You'll get it. Okay. Because you need church in sack. Well, no, but it, it's <laughs> because we've actually kind of discussed this. But he said, and you. Bit. Well, we, we discussed this, and I'm going to elaborate for just a second, okay? So Romans 12, I'm sorry, Romans 11, 28 through 31. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles. Anthony's calling. Oh, We got him back. Hey, hey, that means oh, you hold made on. It. He's not connected on the, uh, hold on, Anthony. Let me get you c- connected on the, um, okay. He should be on. Talk. T- talk, Anthony. Hold on. Okay. He's on. Hello. Hello? Yes, one, two, three. Got him. There you go. Wow. <laughs> okay. So what we're doing, Anthony is Mark gave his final statement and Angela had a message for you off of air okay. and you'll have to go back and listen to the show to do it. Larry's in the middle okay. of his, and then he's going to finish his and then I'm going to do mine and then it's yours. Okay. 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 Um, I'm on Romans eleven twenty-eight through 31. Many of the people of Israel are now enemies of the good news. And this benefits you Gentiles yet they are still the people he loves because he chose their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this one's for you, Anthony, and I want you to listen to this, okay? For God's gift and his call can never be withdrawn. Sheesh. Once you Gentiles were rebels against God, but... When the people of Israel rebelled against him, God was merciful to you instead. Now they are the rebels, and God's mercy has come to you so that they too will share in God's mercy. Huh. Now, what, what I'm saying is, you know, I, I do recall the conversation that we had with Raven as well, and I believe you mentioned um, kind of the Baptist theology as well. You went from Nazarene yes. to Baptist. Did you go yes. to the seminary in the Baptist cape cap capacity or uh, the Central, Nazarene? Central Baptist College, which Nazarene and Baptist, the Nazarene where I was, where our church was affiliated in the beginning was based, was an off branch, and they actually affiliated with the Baptist. Oh, wow. okay. Uh, so I don't know enough about that denomination really to to elaborate very you much. You know what? Like, but well, what I want, what I really want to say is that. You still have that calling, even though you've stepped away from it, and even though you have, and I'll, I'm going to be straight. You know, if you watch the podcast, you know that I'm a little bit straight with my words, and yeah. you rebelled against God, and you've turned your back on Him. 
you walk down your path and you you still have that calling on you you still have those abilities that God gave you because his word right there says that he his call can never be withdrawn right now what I see and I'm sticking my nose in things and and I'm just going to go here Anthony Satan has completely derailed you from the path that you were supposed to take and he has thrown he knew that in the beginning of your life that you had a call on you and he started slamming things against you as much as he could possibly do to get you to turn aside and unfortunately I understand that completely because I didn't have the abuse that you had and I had a I had a wonderful home with a mom and a dad that loved me and took me to church and I was raised this way but I too turned my back on God and walked away from him the minute that I turned well not the minute I I I turned 18 and 11 days later I got married and moved out of the house okay and then that was it until I came about 54 I think 50 late 53 54 I started kind of coming to church but I was still going to the bar I was still doing all the stuff that I wanted to do but I was coming to church because my mom's life was uh, at its end, and um, I I did I did this for my mom. But I can see through your life that my living the world, living with my foot in both both, was detrimental in my daughter's complete complete evacuation from. Right. Um, I didn't, I wasn't abusive to her, but she did not have that, uh, great of an upbringing with me right. in her life because I was a narcissistic, uh, oh, almost slipped a narcissistic, <laughs> <laughs> a narcissistic, uh, person larry person <laughs> i'm trying to figure this one out now i'm, I'm trying to backpedal quite a bit yeah. but i well i wasn't paying attention that would have been definitely the time. that's definitely where i was in my mentality right and right. now that i have completely come back to the lord i still know that the calling that god put on me was is still on me i still know that those abilities that i had even though i utilized some of them to uh Further, my pursuit of sin, um, I I can use, reuse. I mean, you know, they were there. I didn't, I walked away from God. I didn't follow God, but I was using the gifts that he gave me. And now I use my gifts for the kingdom. Um, I, I do think that some of them he's waiting for me to step into fully. And I know that. Through my life, my goal is to glorify God, not myself. And I spent a lot of years trying to glorify myself. Um, right. I, I so appreciate you coming on, and it, especially since we had the opportunity to talk to you one time, and we talked to your wife, and and I just. Yeah, Larry vibed with you for some reason. Yeah. He really wanted you on. 
So, but yeah. you know, listening to your full complete story like that, my heart, my heart goes out to you. Uh, what, what is your age, Anthony? Cause I never didn't get that last time. I am, I'm, I'm 52. Yeah. So you're even pretty close to my age. Yeah. I'm 52 and, uh, yeah, I'm 52. <laughs> yeah. Okay, are you done? I wouldn't say I'm, I'm old, but I wouldn't say I'm young either. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're 57, so I know what you mean. Yeah, you're still that generation behind mine. Dude, but, I'm so young. My, yeah. I'm so much younger than all you guys. <laughs> We're Gen Xers. Good. We're Gen Xers. But look, feels uh, good to be this young. Right. The Lord's still calling, just to let you know. Okay. Okay, right. okay we're all cutting right. Larry off. I'm, I'm pulling the cane out. Right, all right. All right, pull away. That now I see why God wants Larry on the show because he says things I would never say. I'm over here biting my tongue like, oh God, did it, Larry? Stop. And, and why saying. would you say them? You should say the same thing he said. So, <sighs> I mean, you know, I'm just saying. All right, um, be bold. So my um, amen. What I'd like to say is, um, I know you don't know my story as of the last nine months, but if you watch the beginning of the show, you'll probably of this very show that you're gonna, that you're on, you'll probably see some of it. I cried most of the time. You're gonna be like, God, this this guy's pretty much a baby, but um, it, that's kind of my deal. If you ever watch the, if you go back and watch all the shows, you'll see that I'm a big old baby and I cry quite a bit. But um, but I have been through a spiritual battle that um that could have derailed me as well off of my plan the last eight, nine months, essentially. And what I realized through this show is God took me to the edge so I could see what you guys essentially go through when you deconstruct um, from this religion or, or from Christianity, I should say. And I got to see a glimpse of what it would take to get out and then also what it would take to get back in. And I'm going to share with you a little bit what I found. Okay. Um, what I found was the hardest part to go out was once you're out, to come back in, you'd have to admit you're wrong. And that's a big, big deal for most people. That would be a big deal for me as well because as men and as leaders and as leaders of our household and as just human beings in general – we like when we plant our feet and whenever we talk, and especially when we talk openly with conviction about something, it's very embarrassing to have to go back and say, I was wrong. I made a mistake. And everything that you saw me talk about was, was I, I didn't have a wrong. And then you're wondering if people is going to even believe what you have anything to say in the future. Like there's all these thoughts that go into it. And that's a, that's a big, big deal. And another reason that makes it hard is that we are in a spiritual battle, and I became acutely aware of that. Since the very beginning, it's no different. The the war is no different. Satan's job is to derail us from our mission. And brother, I I hate to um, say it like this, but um, some people's callings are bigger than others. And it sounds like yours is a pretty big calling, especially from the size of the attack that you got sounds like it was even larger than mine and mine seemed larger than life. And so, um, I'm sure Satan would hate to see what you would do to his kingdom. And so, and it's hard to hear that too. That's why I cringe when Larry says stuff like that, because it's like, you're basically telling someone that you have been deceived and it makes you feel like you're dumb and like, well, nobody can deceive me, you know? And it's hard to, it's hard to hear that stuff. It's hard for me to hear him tell other people stuff because it's, it's borderline offensive. You know what I mean? It's borderline offensive, but is it the truth? That's what we have to look at. Is it possible that 
that you have been deceived and that there really is this plan of the enemy and plan of God. And does God have a calling on your life? I mean, dude, my biggest question was, did you still have these abilities? You said yes. And then they just spun it around biblically because it didn't make sense to me why you'd still have these um, abilities and why you'd have these abilities when you were a Christian. And then also why you're an unbeliever. And then they just sealed it of my question biblically because I was confused because most people, it, they'll lose them when they're a Christian because they were given these powers by demonic entities, essentially. And, um, and you didn't, you haven't lost yours. You've continued to give uh, yours and they just answered that question. So that was really cool. Um, you and your wife, I want to say this in closing that you guys have some very peaceful and loving energy around you. And I'm just so, um, I'm so grateful that you guys chose to spend your time with us and I will never forget you. And I hope you always, um, come back and check in with me and say hi. Um, and I love you and I mean that. And, uh, the floor is yours. Well, all I can say is, you know, I, I, I enjoyed absolutely. I mean, what you do is just phenomenal. And we lost him again. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. In the name of the Holy Spirit, I rebuke this, and I command that this phone start working right now. Oh, boy. Okay. The amazing thing is, what was his last sentence? He appreciated what we do, basically, when we're saying he was grateful for what we do, what our podcast does. Yeah. How we treat people. Right? I hate that we lost him, man, because I wanted to hear what he had to say. So well, do maybe I. Maybe we can do it later, like stitch it, and then we can stitch it. No? Okay. Why don't you try uh, calling him back real quick? Remember, he's in the mountains, so. I'm going to have to literally go through and pick all these parts out, and I'm going to have to actually edit the show this week. Or I may just not oh. and just leave it all just in. Let it roll, man. Well, that would give the audience the exact thing that's going yeah. on so they could experience it. Yeah. Please leave your message. Here you guys are. You're listen- <laughs> you guys are listening to this whole thing just live. It's all this catastrophe coming through. But we are, when we come back to the break, we are going to have an actual editor that's going to, that's gonna, you're going to notice a difference in the video editing when we come back. So, so you, I mean, I'm telling you, you guys are going to notice a completely different ministry um, starting when we come back. We're, hey, hey. Under promise, over deliver. No. Yes. I am under promising. It's going to be, dude, this thing is going to be worldwide and you're going to notice it. You're going to see, yeah, whenever I say, whenever I see, whenever I, I say, and my wonderful is, executive producers, is, Mark's in studio hey, today. I felt that same way this when. Just felt, like my sound guy showing up on, on deal going, you're dealing with a guy that's been shooting for 30 years and you've got the best crew. I had to pull him off and say, dude. <laughs> Under promise, over deliver. Let's just yeah. stay low and, and let's just do nice work. So that's a, a right. motto that we live by in our company too, because it's like, listen, this may take us a month, you know, right? And then, and then it takes four days, and they're like, dude, you said a month, and this is great. You got it done in four days, and it's like, hey, <laughs> it's the trick that Scott that Scotty used on Star Trek all the time. You guys, hey, are I, nerdy need, references. I need more. I need warp five, uh, Captain. It's gonna take forty eight hours. I'm giving it all this guy. Yeah, it's gonna take forty hours. I need it in two. And 
Scotty's like, I got it in 145 because I'd really planned on, you know, on doing it yeah. in an hour. Yeah. You know? What I will do, I will have him um, record it and I, and we'll stitch it in like Angela said. I'll have him record it and send it to us. Yeah, so. I want to hear it. It's important. Yeah, people's going to want to hear it. So, yeah. So if you're, um, so if you're listening to this, we probably already stitched it. Um, his his in there, and so all the all the technical issues you won't even know about it. Thanks, You're probably Anthony. not even hearing this right now. So thanks, Anthony. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it really was. Yep. So I don't know. Um, I thought I was going to be doing a lot more of the questioning, but but you just had it going. You never yeah. even gave a pause for a segue. No, you got to, if you want a question, you got to butt in. I've told you that many times. You've got to, you've got to dive in because like, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the show where, where it's going to go no matter what. And if you have a question, you've got to dive in. Hey, I remember hey, that day. He, I, he tells me, you know, he gets on to me because I'm not polite. And then he tells me I'm not to be polite. Uh, be more right? assertive. Yeah, be assertive. <laughs> well, really. And he actually says I'm bold. Did <laughs> right. you not notice a difference in me today? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's all. That's noticed, all I'm doing. I noticed some of it last week too. The spirit was telling me to say some things this week, and no, I was I, saying them. So um, that's a big deal. On, on he's Jeff. coming. He's coming. There you are. Okay, hold on. I think we we got to put him back on roadcaster. Okay. Stick to it. Stick okay, to it. Got he's it. back on roadcaster. There yeah. we go. There he Can is. Okay. I may not have much signal. I'm over here in Mount Hood right now. Oh, I. Anyway, uh, what I want to say is, you know, I respect everybody's beliefs. And uh, that's just the way I've always believed. That's the way I've always been raised. I respect everybody's beliefs, and I, you know, and the ones that are faithful to their beliefs and loyal to their beliefs are just amazing, good people to me. They really are. Um, you know, I've enjoyed my conversation with you guys. Um, like I said, you know, I, I'm, I've got a big long history in the in the faith and and abuse and non-abuse and mm -hmm. just different things and you know it's where i'm at right now and where i've been for a while so all right anthony all right. you Thanks, have man. my phone number okay okay and you will yes, find sir. yourself on i-40 coming down through here and yes, i am in, i am inviting you to come hang out with us at church yeah and you and you stopped and um had dinner with coco but you didn't stop in with us well, Tulsa's a way out. Hey. Oh, that's true. That's messed up. <laughs> that's a last-minute thing. Everybody said that. You met Coco beginning of met us. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that, man. It's messed up. But anyway, okay, brother. Is, is that all you have to say? Yes, sir. Okay. Thanks. Yes, sir. Be careful out there, man. Yes, really careful, man. You you take care of yes, Raven, sir. okay? Oh, definitely, definitely. Absolutely. Oh. All right, brother. She's my queen. Okay, you guys have an amazing day. All right, bye. Thank you. Man, I love this show, dude. I love this show. I really do. I enjoy it. Like, and I enjoy I enjoy that I get to experience it without that fog that I had on me for the last nine months. Because I've hated coming in here, every bit of it. Of course, when you have something like that that's picking on you, of course you'd hate it. But now... But I want you to look at what I said about his life. And then I want you to compare that to this last year. Yeah, he tried to derail me. When he you did, first yeah. came into this, you were like this. Mm -hmm. And then you lost your vision through yeah. every attack that he's thrown at you. I want to say we, this. And we sit here and we, 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 we know you're going through stuff, but there are times when the Holy Spirit 
says it's a learning process and it is the refiner's fire that you've heard me talk about a million times about the refiner's fire. And there's nothing that anybody here or anybody can do while you're in the refiner's fire because yeah. that is a personal thing between you and God, and I, period. And I just want to say to all you people that get mad when Christians say, I'm praying for you, is because Christians realize when people are in the refiner's fire. We can't just come write a $10,000 check and pull you out of the fire. We can't just come and over your house and save you. We realize that God is doing a work within you that's beyond our grasp. So we tell you, we're praying for you. And unfortunately, nobody likes pain, but it's part of the process. Definitely. There's always you know, rest afterwards. There's always a new level. I mean this, and this is for all you intercessory prayers out there, Jess and um, Nikki. Um, you're... Your role in ministry or in your in your family is so important. Like, it, it, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for Angela staying faithful, and I don't know how she did did it. Um, I look back at the man I have been, and I told her during lunch today. I said, I said I can't. I I don't want to blame this all on like demons or whatever because I need to take some accountability for it myself, but. The best way I can describe how I was going, because you said I lost my vision. Um, and that doesn't necessarily accurately describe what I went through. I'll describe what I went through. It was more like I still had the vision and I knew the plan and I knew something was going on and I just didn't know what. It was like I was driving in fog. Like I was I was up close to the wheel and I, was, and I still knew where I was going and I knew enough that I could stay in between the lines, but I just could hardly see it. I could hardly see the truth. Like I was trying so hard to see the truth and I was begging God to just lift me out of it and stop this. I know the truth. I know what the truth is. Thank God that I had the seed um, bedded down deep enough inside me because if it wasn't, dude, I would have got plucked out of that son of a gun but that's, that's why we talk about it feels like like walking through gauze like you've got gauze all around you and you just have to just trust god and put one foot in front of the other during those yeah. times and never give up you come to the other side yeah and i just i felt like i, let I couldn't me, hardly let me digress see. instead of saying you lost your vision how about you lost your focus i was i okay. i didn't that, lose that anything be, i well, was no your focus it, it can be derailed by a lot of things I, I've openly said that I was a truck driver, and the whole time you're talking about that right there, I remember one of the trips that I was taking down I-40 or I-45 uh, from Dallas to Houston, and the fog hit so unbelievably thick. Well, it was so thick that you're scared to go on, but you also know you can't pull off. Yeah. Because if you pull off, then somebody else coming through there is not going to see those taillights until the last yeah. minute. What a perfect so you're, analogy. You're, yeah. you're driving down there 50 miles an hour, and I've got one wheel on a zip strip. So I would know where it was. I also, I don't usually pay, I never really like to pay attention to the uh, um, GPS map, but I had it on. And that way I could see when the road started to curve. So I had to trust my instincts and I had to trust my zip strip. Yeah. Okay. And those two things got me through. Was it pleasant? 
No. No. But the fault, well, that's I had, I had saying, to get like, that seat cover out of my butt several That's times. the only thing I knew to do was to right. just keep showing up and fighting. Peace. That's all I did. Listen, right. peace is my zip strip. That's my... Every time I exit the... the um, the lane, lane. Yeah. I can I can hear the of the tires, so I know to pull it back in. And this is my GPS, brother. Yeah, this is my GPS. It tells me the way that I'm supposed to go. It tells me the path that I'm supposed to be on. It guides me everywhere I need to be, and that's why I stand in it and yeah. on it completely. His promises are there for yeah. a reason. Yeah, and it's just it's so cool to see it come through and it's cool because I, I was getting so upset at seeing other people delivered and, and I'd never been delivered from anything. It's just cool to watch him pluck me out of it. And literally I did nothing. It just one day it just lifted. It just lifted out of there. Now I will say this, I had to make a choice for it to be lifted too. Um, that, that like, just like anything else, I would sit there and there would be these offers that were on the table and stuff like that. And I would toss it in my brain like, well, well, it just, it doesn't seem like it'd be worth it. And, it, and of course I'm never going to take that and stuff like that. But I never openly verbally said no. But those two days after you said I was in a war and I stepped off my bed and I said, I said, I will never choose you. I'm going to choose God every single time. And I choose God. There's nothing that you can throw at me that I'm going to choose. Right. I choose God. Two days after that, it was I want to be grateful like that guy on Monty Python. I don't know if you guys know what movie where he's strapped to the wall and the guy comes in and kicks the uh, the prisoner and spits on him and he goes, oh, to be spatted in the face. What a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> I would just like a little sunshine because it's all perspective, right? The other guy's getting kicked, but this guy, poor guy, he's strapped to the wall, but he's still happy. What do you think about that, Larry? <laughs> What do you think about that? Larry thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> no. Actually, I won't I won't do it on the Monty Python thing, but I will tell you about Paul who hung in chains on the wall and, and still gave praise to God through his circumstances. And he tells us to pray without ceasing. And he says praise without ceasing. And what and what was the lesson of that fate? Literally, he got delivered from that. But we also get it figuratively too, mm -hmm. dude. I remember, I remember a couple times where I would be just like screaming out about God in the truck, and I'd be screaming, and I'd be like, "What are you doing?" And Angela would be right next to me, dude. I'm telling you, there'd be times that she, right after that, she would turn on the music and just start worshiping God, yep. or she would just subtly like she was trying. To I have the, to you I have quiet. the best wife in the whole world seriously right. i believe that all right like un awesome. unfortunately i'm not disagreeing with you but i think all three of us uh, her, are gonna her, argue about yeah, that Yeah, exactly her <laughs> position in this ministry and her role in this ministry is is so important and it this ministry does not move on without her well i can agree with that so Definitely. thank you angela i i know i know you don't see her a whole lot but thank you so much for your involvement and being faithful to god because without your faithfulness, this ministry would have would be not here anymore. The Help My Unbelief ministry, and just understand how important of a part you are to this, and you are a massive part. This ministry does not go on without you, and that's the truth. That's not me saying that because you're my wife, but what you've been through and what you've done to battle the enemy's plan to derail this is you deserve every plaque and every award that that we could get. So, I can't agree with that. So, I do, I do take, I do appreciate it, and I know that 
without God being by my side, I couldn't have done what I've done. So yep. it's through the grace of God that I was able to Amen. do what I needed to do. So I give I, you give me the credit, but the credit all goes back it's to God. It's not credit. It's like I was talking to Absolutely. her earlier. It's like I was talking to her earlier. We have to learn how to lift each other up. Like, I don't think it's good to be living life to where we're just like, I understand giving all the credit and I agree with that, but like, we got to understand that that you used what God taught you to do that and give all that credit back to him but that was girlfriend that resilience you you did that you did that and you deserve you deserve a, a pat on the back for it you really do so well what what does proverbs say about a, a good wife it's more valuable than diamonds and rubies yeah well i would have lost the most important thing to me if it wasn't for her i would have lost it so thank you Thank you for being a Proverbs 31 man when he wasn't a Proverbs husband so much. So, okay, take us out. Jesus loves you. So do I. Thank you for watching and listening. We're out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.